With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Line of Vienna Suite podcast. My name is Tom Jenkins, and I'm joined today by my esteemed colleague, Will Jones. For this episode, 135, we have yet another very special guest, our third in a row. And to complete this hat-trick, rather fittingly, is a man who has certainly scored his fair share of those in his career. Please welcome back onto the podcast for a second time, the fans' favourite, that is, Adam LaFondra. Alfie, thank you for making time to speak to us. How are things treating you down under? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's... Filling a nice bit of time I've got here, obviously, while I'm in isolation, like everyone. Indeed, trying to make the best of things. Obviously, as I've said, you were kind enough to uh, speak to the Commander-in-Chief at Line of Vienna in 2018, Eddie Skelly, in what was certainly a very noisy Starbucks. We're trying to yeah. put, um, <laughs> going over too much old ground in this episode, and hopefully it'll be much easier to hear you. Um, but back then, you'd only just moved out to Australia, and since then, you've, you've gone from strength to strength, it seems. Uh, how does the standard of football in the A-League compare to the UK? Yeah, I get asked this quite a lot. I think, you know, especially with Sydney, I was quite surprised and, you know, pleasantly surprised, really, that the level was as good as it is. Um, I definitely think we've got one of the strong, well, the strongest squad in the league by far. Um, and, you know, a lot of the players that I'm playing with, I don't really see much of a drop-off or I didn't see much of a drop-off in, in quality from the players I left. Um, so, I, you know, I think Sydney's team for sure would, would uh, give the championship a real good go and, you know, I don't, I don't think we'd struggle there, but obviously we'd have to adapt to the way, you know, English football is played compared to Australian football because, you know, I mean, it's chalk and cheese, really. Is it more of an attacking style, more passing rather than the physicality that you've got in the championship? Yeah, obviously the build-up play um, is a little bit more thought of out here where they like to build from the back and, and obviously go through the phases and, and create chances that way, but I think ultimately the Australian game is a transition game and it's obviously just been defensively sound and countering, countering teams and, and making use of you know the 10s and, and obviously the 9s, creating that space as well. Whereas in England, uh, you know it's a battle normally, the championship um, definitely is a battle. And obviously the, the lower you get, um, the more harder it becomes physically on you. Um, and yeah, I think obviously that's the probably main difference between the two leagues is that um, if you look at the, the physical output in the, in the Championship League 1, League 2 will be a lot higher than, than what you'd get from the, the A-League, obviously. Um, and I think that would probably be where we'd have to adapt quickly or otherwise we'd be in for a long season. Do, do you think the fact that it's a bit less of a physical league means that you've probably got a lot of years left than you over there playing at, at that standard? I don't know what their kind of um, care is off the pitch for, for people as they sort of get on to later on in their career. Yeah, um, you know, I think I could play still in England at, at a high level as it is anyway. Um, you know, the goal size didn't change for me. So mm-hmm. I, I'd score in, 
in any game I'm putting. Uh, I, I personally think, anyway, provided I've, I've got good ammunition to uh, to supply me, and you know, obviously I do the rest. Um, but the, the, the the physio staff here and the sports science staff are, are fantastic, here. and you know, even my stats in training, I'm I'm always keen to learn on what I'm doing, and I'm I'm running more than ever, and 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 you know, keeping up with everyone, sort of thing, and sort of setting the pace. I think I was, you know, top five in enough every metric in in training throughout the season and covered ground, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not about um, slowing down and, and sort of easing off the pace. I'm, I'm full pedal to the medal and, you know, I'm going to try and take it as far as I can go because, you know, I love football. I love scoring goals. There's no better feeling. Mm-hmm. No, um, definitely not from our perspective either. Watching you score goals was certainly a good experience for us. I, I think it's a very... Um, I don't know how to put it. It's sort of an unfair criticism level that you sort of to try and pigeonhole you as a, as a goal poacher rather than a hard-working striker. Because certainly towards the end of your time at Bolton, when you were asked to play that kind of role, certainly didn't seem to shirk any responsibilities. Was it difficult when it came to having to replace Gary Medine and sort of do a target man role almost when you know it's it's not really your kind of game to adapt at, at that stage of your career? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, obviously, I. I played up front on my own before when I was there with Lenny and obviously I had just Cluffy off me and we played probably a little bit more football then. Um, obviously, we probably had a little bit more quality in the team as well because we had obviously like Barry Bannon, if you're thinking, in centre midfield. So, we had three dwarfs in the team there. <laughs> you know, obviously, we Yeah, well, we, it, to be fair, we were on fire when it was, we came the first time. The, the football was unbelievable and, you know, even Fino, Fino was on fire at the time. He was whipping in crosses for fun. And it was like I was getting an endless supply of crosses. A bit similar to what Phil did in, in League One when, when I finally hit my form. You know, he is his form and was just whipping in delicious balls for everyone. And, you know, corner, free kick, whatever. Whenever Phil seemed to get it, he seems to just create a goal-scoring opportunity from it. Yeah, it seems to us that there was a obviously a, a style change um, that you had to endure from your first time in Bolton and then your second time at Bolton. Did you almost feel under Parkinson towards the end that it was up to you to create your chances yourself rather than have that ammunition supplied to you? Uh, a, l- a little bit, yeah, but I think that was just the game plan of, of our team. Obviously, we were fighting a, a sort of losing battle because, you know, obviously everyone knows we were hamstrung, you know, financially to, to the players we could bring in um, compared to a lot of the other squads. So we had to sort of you know, cut our cloth accordingly, really, with, with how we set up. I think one of the best games I played in for Bolton, for the way we played, was the Reading away game. We were on, we were unbelievable that game. How we didn't win that game, I don't I should have had an actual against them. Oh, I do remember that, yeah. Didn't, um, uh, was it Mo Barrow scored for them and then you equalised? Yeah, I should, have had, I should have had definitely three that game. Uh, I think Kirschkoff played his first game, and it's maybe his only game, and he was unbelievable. He was like a Rolls-Royce. Just mopping it around in defensive mid, he was a joke. And you know, I thought, well, if we're going to play like this, we'll, we'll be, you know, I mean, we'll be a tough team to, you know, to stop. So I think, I think Pratt's played just off me, um, and I was like, oh, right, we're going to play a little bit, and you know, we did actually play really well that game. And then you know, obviously, other teams, you know, changed the way they play to maybe play us, or we changed to play them, and. You know, obviously, ultimately, the championship it inevitably turns into a battle, doesn't it, realistically? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not who gives in first or who takes advantage of the little crack in your armour. I think it can certainly be said that um, Phil Parkinson's style was on the cautious side. Was that a, a big reason why you decided to make the move to Sydney? I know there are a million and one uh, positive reasons to go and live life in Australia, but from a footballing perspective, did that push you in that direction? 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I was getting probably a little bit disillusioned with football, if I'm honest, in England. Um, I've had a couple of hard seasons, you know, um, Wolves was a terrible season for me. Wigan, when, I, when the six months I did there weren't great either. Um, and it just left me a little bit of a sour taste. And obviously, come back to Bolton, um, we got promoted straight away. But even early on in my thing, I was in and out of the team. I was thinking, look, just let me play and, you know, I'll do the rest sort of thing. And I got in, played really well towards the back end of that season and obviously helped, helped us get back promoted. Then obviously signed in the summer and thought, you know what, this is the, the season now. I'm going to springboard back, get myself back. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't quite work out like that. But I started the first two games, ended on the bench for, well, I think it was Chef United. The next start after that, where we won 1-0 away from home. And then after that, I don't think I started again until the Cup. I may have started in both. I think I started in both Cups. Um, and I, I just don't think I could fit in the way, you know, obviously, Parky wanted to play. He wanted his one up front and, you know, his 4-3-3. And I don't think he could find room for me to play. And I don't think the way we were playing, we couldn't play the way... We did in League One with 3-5-2. Um, I think we were getting exposed playing that. And I think you've probably seen that and thought we were a bit more, you know, defensively more resolute in a 4-5-1. And, and that's probably where my downfall was. Obviously, Gaz was playing really well, scoring goals. So I can't begrudge that because Gaz is a quality player. Uh, I love playing up front with him because, you know, whenever the ball went up in the air, he always brought it down on his chest and, you know, held it up fantastically. I can imagine that must have been a little bit unsettling though, Adam, just because obviously he was the one to bring you back in and I don't know whether that was sort of under pressure given that you are a massive fan's favourite and, you know, they were keen to have you back. Uh, I don't know whether, you know, Pargy's hand was forced at all in that sense, but, you know, to have brought you in and then to not have played you, I, I can understand to an extent why that was that was disillusioning, especially when, you know, you thought that you were given another chance and it would all work out splendidly and then, you know, all of a sudden you, you weren't getting the game time you quite anticipated. That must have been a, bit, a little bit um, confusing for you, to say the least. Yeah, of course. And even that January, I was looking to get out that January when, you know, obviously before Gaz went, um, a couple of clubs came in to take me on loan. Um, and I was just like, look, if I'm going to play, I'd love to stay. But if I'm not going to play, I can't do another six months of being on the bench and coming on for 20 minutes and, and you know, getting nothing for it, really. Like, I was training really well in the week coming to the game and getting sort of like 20 minutes and I was just thinking, oh, I don't really want to do this. I want to play them. You know what I mean? Yeah. 32 years old, 31, 32 years old. So were you I going don't... into those games sort of expecting to start and then being let down at the very last minute? Uh, I caught a few of the times, yeah. I had a few of the times where when we played Hull away, you know, we got tucked in at Hull, didn't we? Um, yeah. And I didn't play in the cup game before it because I got rested for the Hull game. So before the game, obviously on the pitch, I'm thinking I'm starting and I've been pulled and told I'm, I'm, I'm on the bench. And obviously we beat Chef Wednesday in the cup. Obviously Armour played well. And then he played him in, on the Friday night against Hull. And obviously I was severely disappointed because I'm a, I've, you know, sort of trained all week, been rested in the cup. Yeah. I'm thinking this Friday is my game against Hull. Yeah. And then obviously it's come to Friday and it not be my game. It's like, well... Do you know what I mean? What's, what's happening? I'm just getting messed up, sort of thing. And it can't have been much more annoying to have then gone on and got, you know, it's got absolutely panned 6-0 or whatever it was, and then you you having not played, you perhaps thought you could have changed that game slightly. 
or, or at least you know not not to the extent where we'd be conceding so many. Uh, it's it, it's frustrating from all of our perspectives. I think just to see that it perhaps didn't quite work out at that point. But um, Tom, sorry to have interrupted there. I don't know whether that was sort of ruined your flow at all. Or... No, no, not at all. I was, I was going to ask um, because I think it, we all kind of wanted to know. We all wanted you to come back. There was a you know GoFundMe's and fan petitions and all yeah, that kind of stuff for year upon year wanting you to come back. And I, I think the question had to be asked: How hard? Did Phil Parkinson push to get you back to Bolton when it didn't seem that you were the kind of player that fitted his style, rightly or wrongly? Yeah, um, I had a meeting with him at the end of the season when we went up League One, and you know he was he was delighted with me and really wanted me back, and I was I was happy to play for him. You know he was he's been, he'd been a good good gaffer to me. Um, I never really had any problems with him. Um, you know, obviously I just wanted to play, um, and ultimately you know Bolton were on the doorstep. The fans loved me. Um, I was playing really well for him the first period. Then I come back, had a good stint again in the second period on loan. And then it come to the third period, obviously permanently. And, you know, I wanted to do that. And he wanted to sign me as well. Uh, and obviously there was just obviously over summer, we were there was a lot of talking. And, you know, if I'm going to come, if I'm not going to come. And, you know, for me, it was just a matter of dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And it was the same for the gaffer as well. You know, he, he, he was desperate for me to come. He was always ringing me and stuff. So... It weren't as if like he didn't want me to come. He definitely did want me to come, and I wanted to come and play for him because you know he got he, he got a lot out of me. No, it's an interesting one that I think just because obviously the fans wanted you there, and you obviously thought you were, you were you're in a good position to play for us as well, and, and to sort of not quite have that um, that you know to have that spell live up to expectancy in a way it was was a you know somewhat of a disappointing end, and you know that that's no dampening on on you know Phil Parkinson's you know, ability and what he did for us and whatever. It's just a shame that he couldn't quite fit you into our system, I think, is, is what I'd say. But, um... Yeah, that, that's just football, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Certain managers have certain ways of playing and, and unfortunately, I didn't sort of fit in that way. Um, obviously, I played the second half of the season. We stayed up. Um, there was only really me left to play. Um, and I played the majority of games. And, you know, scored a few goals, con- considering I've not played all season and, and come in and sort of did a job really, and then obviously, which led to obviously staying up, which is you know, yeah, what I mean, we there, but <laughs> yeah. we covered it quite extensively the last time. I, I, I was going to come on to, um, you know, the, the how, how that season ended and obviously the impact that you had, but I just think coming back to, um, you know, your, your return to Bolton after that, after that first spell, I was interested to know whether on that uh, deadline day in 2016 when you moved to Wigan. Had there been any interest from the club? And if there had been, would you would you have made that move to us, even though we're in League One? Yeah, um, Lee, had, Lee had been messaging me and you know trying to get me to come and stuff like that, and trying to sort out a deal to do it. But obviously under embargo, it was hard to do with my wages to sort it with with obviously Cardiff at the time. And you know coming to Wigan, to be fair, I wasn't even going to go Wigan. I was meant to stay with with Cardiff. Um, I did the first week of pre-season with Cardiff and. Paul Trollope was the manager at the time and he was like, look, I'm desperate for you to stay. And I said, yeah, you know, I'd love to stay this season. Um, I had a terrible season at Wolves and I wanted to put things right at Cardiff a little bit, but I think things were a little bit put out of my hands then and and out of his hands as well because I had a good week with the first team the first week back and then after that I weren't allowed to train with the first team again. So I sort of like put out to pastures with the under-23s and then they struggled all all pre-season to score goals and, and at the start of the season they struggled um, with a few of the boys they brought in and then I think they put me on the bench for the one game before the window shut 
And um, you know, that was that was sort of it really. It was after that game, Wigan came in and said, Look, yeah, we'll, we want you on loan. And I was sort of like, Well, um and ah and what to do. But it's sort of been made clear that I had to go, if that made sense. But you know, they, they were like, Oh, we, we don't know if to keep you or not, you know, you're a good goal scorer and all that. Just not been, you know, at the rub of it here and all this. And I was just like, You're saying that, but you let letting me go here. So let's just, you know, go back up north and, and hopefully can reunite it at Wigan. And, and to be fair, I came in and, and did all right at Wigan at the time, but didn't really do enough to justify playing. You know, obviously, Griggy was there at the time and then they changed the manager. And, um, it just seemed to me like this weren't the place to me. And I just thought, you know, if I can get to, get to Bolton and help them get promoted, it'll, you know, sort of settle me down a bit and, you know, sort of I can move from there, really. And the rest is history, as they say. I think I think we're all keen to know because obviously you've had first-hand experience, and we we get this, you know, daftness on Sky Sports, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, every deadline day. I'm just keen to know what it's like to be involved in a deadline day transfer, and is it as hectic as they make out on the TV? Um, yeah, no. Um, mine with Bolton was sort of it was weeks in hand, really. It was like in in the January, I was like. Probably about the first week in, I had Lee messaging me, yeah, we're coming in for you tomorrow. And this was like the 7th of January. And I was like, any chance of what? Like, what's happening there? And then it was like, we in for January and the 21st. And it was like, next minute, it's like deadline day. And Lee's like, yeah, don't worry, we're making the move now and all this. I was like, all right, all right, I've heard this before, but are you or not? And then it was done. Half an hour, I was driving over. Rang Cluffy. I was like, Cluffy, mate, we're back. We're going to be playing together. And then he was like, no, no, I'm off Forest. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> still, yeah, that, that, that hurts. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, mate, uh, enjoy your time. Like, you deserve it. And that was it, really. I was like, Cluffy's gone. It's like, it's me. And, like, got, it's on to me to get in the team and mm-hmm. obviously play with Gaz or whatever. Oh, that's gutting because I always thought that you and Cluffy were like the best partnership that we're so underused at the time really and I, I just I, I think it was Watford um, yeah I, it was about four, I should have had four, six that game I think it was 4-3 something like that I, I don't know how we lost because we played so well and it, Lenny, Lenny lost his head that game yeah I remember and that, that strike partnership was just incredible and to, to then see you come one way and in a way I think fans were just in such a mood I, I, I mean well they, they got we got you in obviously we were delighted and then see Cluffy leave at the last minute it was just heartbreak, you know, we're sort of holding out hope to an extent that you stay, but obviously you knowing that, it must have just been a little bit of a dampener on things, but nevertheless, you know, it, it must have been, and well, it was a nice surprise for us, certainly, to see you coming on deadline day, and I know it's perhaps not what you want, having, you know, been in touch with the club since the first week in January, so then coming on deadline day, I know it sort of adds to things a little bit and the suspense of it all, but I'm sure you probably didn't quite appreciate that as much as we did. Uh, of course I did. I just wanted to get back playing, you know. Uh, yeah, sure. I was in a situation at Wigan where the manager came in the first week and I'd, I'd had him before when I was a kid. Mm. And he was like, you know, you're going to score goals for me, blah, blah, blah. And I played the first game and then he started telling me that I couldn't fit in his team because his defence weren't good enough. And I was like, I'm up front now. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So you can imagine I was getting a little bit frustrated with with that. Um, you know that you know these sort of things compound on when you hear the same things over again. Like you're brilliant in training, 
you're doing this, you're doing that, but you're not playing. It's just becomes just very frustrating, you know, especially when you know the quality you have. Um, even at the time at Wigan, I was getting to, I was playing like defensive mid in training. And he was, the manager was saying to me like, oh, I can see you as like a, a number 11 or even as an eight. And I was thinking, nah, I scored <laughs> 200 goals. Like, how can I be an eight or as a left winger? There's no way. Shaka they've ever had. <laughs> They're trying to play as an eight. Just oh, that, that, that's just like, obviously that's just frustrating for me because obviously I know what I can do and, you know, given the opportunities and, and what I can do and um, what I have done. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've proven that enough times, but, you know, that's just another frustrating case for me of it not working out. And obviously, you know, I, I moved on then. It worked out perfectly because obviously I came back to Bolton and, and we got promoted, which was, you know, awesome, really. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome from our perspective, I have to say. That, well, I, I really <laughs> enjoy, I, well, yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching you and uh, you and Medine play because it almost was like the opposition wasn't sure how to be able to cope with you because little and large partnership always gets you know a, a, a good um a good, a good rep in the press it's always the kind of thing that people look for but just from my perspective because I've had I had two players there who were experienced knew what they were doing didn't have any kind of worries about what the defense uh, were going to do to them it, it was almost like we could dominate teams and it's been very long time since we've been able to see that from a Bolton side yeah gas was a quality file um you know, obviously, when he signed for Bolton, Lenny brought him in for me. He was telling me in the in the preseason, he's like, "I've brought your strike partner in. Can't wait for you to play up front with him and all this." You know, I spoke to Lenny a lot in that preseason when I was at Cardiff before I signed for Wolves, and he was like, "You know, look, we can't wait to get you. We've just got to wait on obviously Phil Gartside. Obviously, at the time he was, you know, this was just before he passed away, um, and he was saying like, "Look, we want it. We're desperate to sign you." Even after my last game against Birmingham, he, I walked into the the manager's room after the game and said, oh, thanks for having me. What's happening next season? Do you want me back? And he was like, yeah, of course we want you back. Like, I'll ring, I'll ring you tomorrow. I'll ring your agent tomorrow sort of thing to get it going. And you know, that sort of summed up what was happening. I was getting rang all the time by Lenny. Look, don't go here. Don't do this. Don't do that. We want you. We're desperate. But nothing was happening. You know, they were bringing in other players and, I was like, how do you bring in other players if they and the main man So it got to like the week before the pre-season, the, the season started. And I had Kenny Jacket from Wolves ringing me as well. And, um, you know, I'm, I just thought, oh, I, can't, I can't sit here and not play. So I had to sort of bite the bullet and went to Wolves. There's a lot of um, stories from your time at Bolton that seem to end with it. You know these hints and whatever the terrible things going on behind the scenes. You know from the first spell, the second spell, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, did did things sort of come to a head for you? I know I, we'll get onto the more positive stuff later on. I promise. I know this has sort of been covering a lot of a lot of the negative. Lowe's <laughs> made, the, made the highs though as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you know obviously having lows and you have such incredible highs as well. You know promotion and obviously staying up on the last day. Yeah. Unbelievable feats for me anyway in my career. I think just after the Forest game, which we'll get to in a minute, everyone was sort of then uh, kept kept afloat by uh, by Will Brown's goal, obviously, or some people at least expected to stay on. And then yeah. somehow it, it, it didn't happen where they, where they were perhaps expecting another year. And obviously you were you were sort of lucky enough to be to be given that one, or at least yeah. I think so. That that might not have been the case. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, I already had a year in my contract. Yeah, yeah, I no, had, of course, but, yeah. 
But no, I'll, I'll let Tom sort of majorly focus on that. But that was obviously a bit of a, an incredible time, wasn't it? A bit of a roller coaster, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, that's the weirdest feeling match I've ever been involved in. Uh, I remember sitting in the changing room after the game with Jem and just being like, wow, what's just happened? Um, didn't really know how to feel. It was crazy because, like, obviously the pure, you know, euphoria that you feel of winning a game like that um, and sharing it with well, my, my whole family was there um, and sharing it with them and you know the fans as well you know all flying on the pitch picking everyone up it's just overwhelming I was sat in the changing room thinking like what have we just done literally like <laughs> what have we just done like we were dead and buried you know we got tucked in at Burton away and we're thinking Forrest at home like they, they had the chances as well early on as well to score and You'd have buried those, wouldn't you? The fact that you didn't start that game, what what was that like for you? Were you sort of, I'm presume you were sort of expecting to do that, or was it the plan all along that, that Will Brown was going to start and then and then you were going to come on and join him? Uh, earlier in the week of that of that of the um, early in the week of the build up. It got to like Thursday and he's done a bit of shape, like weren't shape, but like Lindby 11. And it was like, I'll be up front on his own. And I was up front with someone else. And I was thinking, nah, this ain't right. This, something ain't right here. I got a feeling. So obviously, I like, speaking to my friends, like Jam or whatever. And I'm going, I'm not starting this game at weekend. Here. Can't believe it. I obviously gutted because I want to make, make a yeah. difference. Gets to Friday and pulls me in. Look out for you not starting, going four, five, one with Albi up front. Um, we've had obviously a disagreement. Um walked out, etc. Gone to the game, you know, gone to train, trained with doing the normal training on a Friday, gone home, mostly fuming. Um come to the Saturday of the game, he's pulled me before the game, was saying, Look, are you all right mentally and all this? And I'm like, Yeah, of course I am. Like Said if we go down, I'll lose half my money. Like, yeah. of course I'm fighting for it just like everyone else. So mm. it's not it's not as if like I'm I'm coming here to toss it off. I'm no. coming here, I want to win. Like, I want to stay up. I want to play in this division. I played in this division in a former career. Like I want to, you know, I've got a bit of pride about myself, in which obviously he could sense himself and weren't as if I was just going to chuck the towel in and say, nah, the boys can, you know, fight for themselves. And he just said, look, I need a big impact from you. Um, and obviously, I had to get my head around that um, in my own time, which, you know, it's probably a masterstroke by him. I was going to ask you, Alf, actually, how, how did you manage to get yourself into that right fear of mind to then come on and do what you did? I just, well, for me, it was, I think, more for my family and stuff like that. It's like, you know, the longer the longer game of it is, you know, realistically, financially, for me, if I lose half my wages, you know, I'm paying off, I was paying off my house, I think, at the time and, and stuff like that. I had, obviously, other things to pay for and, you know, my lifestyle changes dramatically. I know it sounds really selfish, but um, you need things to drive you personally. And, you know, I had obviously personal pride to show him that, you know, I should be starting. I, I can impact this game and, and make a big impact in the game. Mm. Uh, and obviously pride to, you know, to win for the boys. We're all, we're such a great group of lads for what we've been through the season before to this season, well, to that season, sorry. Um, we were such a great, you know, together and, togetherness and uh, morale between the boys to, to go through what we've been through and you know to fall down on the last day would have been you know, 
obviously, I think it would have been accepted because we were dead and buried before the game. But to do what we did was, you know, sort of like Undertaker after he's been pile dried about <laughs> He just sits back up and you're like... You can tell oh, David Reese rub off on you with that wrestling reference, Christ. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> we look at Tyson Fury against Wilder, it's knocked out in the 12th round or whatever, and he just gets up and just like, ah, come on, let's go again. Like, I think that's what sort of we did. We were, like, knocked out at Burton and then we sort of like rose from the death and it was, like I say... It's, it's it, it, it was your goal, wasn't it, really? That first one that sort of everyone forgets in a way because obviously you, you put us ahead and I think at that point everyone just thought that was it. We, we, we managed it and we could just hold on to a 1-0 lead but Bolton Wanderers being Bolton Wanderers, that wasn't going to happen, was it? <laughs> it yeah, just wasn't going to really because then they went 2-1 up, didn't they? And, you yeah, know, yeah. we were like, oh, God, like, what have I done? Yeah. Because uh, did you come on at half-time? Is it? I don't know whether it was no, just short time. 55, I think. It was, it was Prattley, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, Pratt's, yeah. Pratt's has been struggling with his shin, so I think, obviously, he came off early. Yeah, this adds a bit of context for why um, he was running around in his socks when we scored the goal, because I've always wondered that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have <laughs> just took his boots off straight away and been icing, most likely, yeah. That, do you think that was the most sort of important goal slash assist of, of your career? Ever? Well, the, the combination of the two, that must have just been... The most I think for Bolton, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, obviously the Reading two goals against Southampton away. I think probably them two performances for me probably stick out in you know gravity and what what they achieved by doing that. Even the Peterborough game at home when we went up, obviously I scored oh, yeah. in that game as well. But I think probably you know the gravity of the game, um, the Forest game and and the Southampton game for Reading. I think probably them two performances for me you know, stick out for something that I'll remember for the rest of my time. Like, and even just watching them back, that, like, I watch back the Southampton game with Reading and, you know, I'll get goosebumps and then I'll do the same with when the Bolton game was on YouTube the other day. I, you know, I sat down with one of the lads from Sydney and I was just like showing him laughing, going, oh, this is what you do in the last minute. Like, <laughs> put it on someone's head, you know, like messing around and, you know, he, he was like, wow, I watched like the last five minutes of the game and the fans and that, he said, it's unreal. I said like, Said you just couldn't beat it. That sort of feeling's unbelievable. How do those two games compare, the Peterborough and the Knotts Forest ones, for you? Total different feeling. Um, I, like I said, it's hard to describe the the Forest one because, like, like I said, after the game, we were just like, "Wow." Whereas Peterborough, you know, we did the business and we sort of had we sort of had an air of invincibility about us where we knew we were going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the just, most unlike us thing ever to happen. Like we were all like bricking it that it just wasn't going to go to plan at all, and then somehow we managed to get the most convincing win I've ever seen. I didn't believe until <laughs> Alfie scored. I, I, I'm a Bolton fan. I know exactly what happens until that third went in. I had no confidence whatsoever. I think that goal was just everyone. As soon as the first, as soon as Jem scores the first goal, I think it settled everyone for, for from a playing perspective, and then we just you know sort of went from strength to strength, and you know. Set plays you couldn't really play against us because bees, gas, and wheats. Do you know what I mean? Like walking goals, they were. <laughs> anyway, how did it feel for you watching Jem score that first one, giving you such a big mate of yours? Yeah, it's unreal. You know, um, I, I lobbied to get Jem in into the club because um, he had a bad time at Galatasaray and we didn't have a club and stuff. And you know, I was telling Lee to bring him in and obviously speaking to the gaffer and, and Parkey and, you know, telling him, like, look, bring him in. If he's great for the boys, you know, you'll really enjoy working with him. 
and he, he come in and, and did really well to be fair and obviously scored a crucial goal as well it's you know great for him really uh, we always laugh about his first game when, when we played we played Gillingham away and we won 4-0 and we, and we smashed him he come on and had a stinker and he tried doing like a step over and fell over the ball and that one I remember oh god yes. now it's so funny I love how you pick that out more than like anything else. Like you've obviously got the Peterborough games to go to. You're just like, nope. Remember your debut, lad. You had an absolute shocker. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Like we always talk about it. Like we've talked about it like loads. It's such a funny thing, man. I like I like Jim Carrish, and I, I I just thought in the second season, the Championship again, similar to yourself, he was just under either underutilized or not played in the correct position. Because when you had Prattley and Carl Henry being sort of the destroyers in that midfield. For a player like Jem, who's more of a passer, but certainly from my perspective as a fan watching it, it didn't seem like he suited us, which is a dreadful shame because he's certainly got quality. Yeah, he obviously he's got high quality. Um, he's a high-energy midfielder. And to be fair, he, wasn't, he was a bit more of a destroyer when I played with him at Reading. And I think he's always been that. He's never been shy of putting his, <coughs> excuse me, putting his foot in anywhere and, and smashing someone because that's how he's got injured a few times. Is by, remember one game he tried smashing Gerrard come off the worst to wear we've all it. thought about it yeah well he tried it and you know Gerard just sort of smashed through him really um, I'm sure he'd say the same but he, he's not afraid to put his foot in but he's obviously got the other side of it where he can play as well which was you know that's why I thought he was such a good addition for us in, in League One at the time and you know he did really well for us and even in the championship season when he played he, he did really well and was made captain early on as well yeah, man. Uh, just obviously, obviously didn't play after that. He was sort of in the same boat as me, and you know, we we sort of just um, had coffees all day. Yeah, I, I think we've got um, a few more. So I've got a few more questions for you before we move on to the Twitter ones. The one that's sort of from a very personal perspective is, I think the favourite goal that I saw you score. Well, I didn't see you score because I turned away because I never watched penalties, but it was the one against Barnsley, which yeah. the one the reason why it's my favourite is because obviously the penalty gets given. And then it's about what two, three minutes before you actually yeah. end up taking wow. oh. Bernie messing around. Oh, Bernie! Oh, just yeah. yeah. I mean, that that was one of the most ludicrous pieces of play acting I've ever seen. And to be able to sort of keep your head in that incident, I thought was absolutely admirable. I wonder how you managed to sort of compose yourself when taking penalties. Uh, I don't know, really. I just always think I'm just going to put it in. You know, I've never, I've always had that sort of mindset where this is a free goal. You know. This is just something to keep me ticking along in, in whatever pursuit of goals I'm looking for. and um, That's the sort of mindset I've always had at Penners. I've never really thought of the situation, you know, what's going on around me and stuff like that. I think I remember one of their lads chirping up at me, going, oh, this is pressure, this. Oh, you got pressure on us going, this ain't pressure, mate. I don't know what pressure <laughs> is, <man."> we, went, <laughs> we, we turned around and shushed him straight anyway. Like, yeah, what, mate? And then obviously we go 2-1 up and then we concede in the 93rd minute or something. Oh, that was... Everyone forgets that goal somehow because I just think Nooney's goal in the, in the 90th minute, whenever it was, was just... It was absolute limbs in the away end. I remember that. I nearly died. It was, <laughs> it was two yeah, goals. It was pandemonium. That, that game was crazy. Even that second half was one of the best second halves we've played as well. We were on fire. We were just oh, coming up forward in waves. Sammy just seemed to have like the ball on a string and was just destroying them. It just seemed to be like it was in inevitable when we were going to get third and fourth. But it just, you know, in championship football for you, if you don't, you know, finish the game off, then you're ultimately going to get punished because there's always chances. Such I think a what, strange game. Such a strange game because we didn't we have one cleared off the line by Yeardham's hand or something, and then yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's why we got given the penalty. 
Yeah, oh yeah, no, 100 a soft penalty penalty wasn't given. anywhere near as bad as that. Yeah, it was such a soft penalty to be given at the time. And even I was like, what's happened here? We've got free kicks. Someone's given a free kick against us. Or something. <laughs> I think Wheat's got pulled or something and whatever. They pulled his fringe or something. And that's <laughs> no, why he's bald now. I was going to say, struggle to find that, weren't they? Yeah, that's, I think they pulled it off there. <laughs> I think the one seen his fringe. Yeah, we'll have to um, edit that bit out before we get him on the podcast ourselves. Um, <laughs> with that, because he'll start battering me. Uh, I think the one thing that that we're going to ask on, on the back of that, with with penalties and obviously keeping you keeping your head and, and and the composure with it all. Obviously, you you've got a bit of a trait of going down the middle, and you said that you're always in the mindset that it was a free goal and you were going to score and it didn't matter. Did you yeah. did it ever even creep into your mind that some that one keeper would know that you were going down the middle? No, because I put the ball through him. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. got saved this season out here um, where he got his leg to it and it went literally miles up in the air. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look. To be fair, I got a stat the other day where I think I've scored 51 out of 57 penalties. I was, I was literally just looking it up. I was saying that we do a research on these podcasts, and I mean, you scored like 15 or so since you've been out in Sydney. Cl- cl- clearly, yeah. they don't know how to defend in the box. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, it's the other players who get them. I just, you know, nick a couple there or there. To be fair, like someone told me, I did, a, did an interview about penalties the other day, and I think I've got one of the best ratios in Europe um, 89% over the past, I don't know, 15 years or something like that, something daft like that, or, or of who is playing now. Apart from, I think it's Jorginho who's got a better ratio of, and he's got something like 20 and 21. I, know, I, I was just always nervous of being a Bolton fan that, you know, in those crucial moments, particularly the Barnsley one, I was just so worried that one was going to know eventually after picking it up that, you, that that's where you go every time. I was just like, someone's going to get this and it's going to be horrible. But, you know, I can't fault you. Little faith, you've got little faith. <laughs> no, you put everything behind it to be fair. You make sure it sticks when you hit it. So, fair play. You know, I think when you connect with the ball, everyone just hears it, and there's no chance of a keeper stopping it. Even if he... ripples, I don't care, man. No, <laughs> neither, neither do we. Neither do we. Like I said, I, know, I never watch one because I don't. I don't watch penalties when, when I'm at the game. <laughs> it scares, scares the living hell out of me. Misses, that she turns away. Yeah, <laughs> well, I can certainly relate. I think um, the, the final question I've got. Um, Alf, before we move on to the Twitter ones, and like I say, th- thank you for being so, so patient with all of this. Is um, I know obviously you're a Man United fan, but we'll, we'll won't dwell on that. Um, Ru Ru van der Stroy was obviously famous for not caring if the team lost as long as he scored. As a striker yourself, answering honestly, what's the most important thing for you? And I won't judge you either way. Scoring, I'm a yeah. goal scorer. Yeah, I'm judged on scoring goals. Yeah, no, I no, honestly, I, I I wouldn't expect anything different. I'd love I'd love to be able to have that ability to be able to do it because, as you say, it's the best thing in the world, or at least it looks like the best thing in the world. Yeah, definitely is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right, thank you very much, Will. I'll hand over to you uh, for the Twitter questions. Good stuff. No problem. We've obviously got quite a few, given that you you're very popular. Um, <laughs> and we'll, we'll try not you know recover anything that we've already spoken about too much. Although one that I I think everyone sort of. Hoping that that you'll answer, or at least uh, you know, we're hoping it'll happen one day, but we very much doubt. Are you, are you ever going to come home, or, or do, you, do you see yourself retiring now in Australia? Um, I don't know. Don't know what happens with football. Um, you never know um, what's going to happen. Would I come home if if 
was the right opportunity for me, then yeah, of course. You know, um, being so far away from family, especially with three young children I have, um, it's, it's been a toll on my wife and, and yeah, on my kids yeah. because obviously they want to see the families. Um, it's quite a lonely life, you know, being, you know, my missus. Because when I go to Asian Champs League, I'm away for a week. And obviously, uh, as you can imagine, three young children, it's it's about, well, it's about as fun as it is now in isolation. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, it's not you know, easy. I'm sort of dictated by my wife as well. I want to keep her happy and my family happy because they're, they're obviously sure. missing people at home. And you know, obviously, I'm missing people at home as well when obviously they can come out sometimes, but it's still, like, it's still quite hard with that um, when they're a day away realistically from coming out here and even now it's even more so so I wouldn't know what what would happen with me uh, football wise would have come home to England yeah of course but um, all depends on the situation and stuff like that it's, it's a lot of different factors to it um, it's not just an easy as me going yeah I'll come home tomorrow and play for someone because um, I don't think I'd be doing myself a justice if I just no, of course. sort of give up and come back and play somewhere for the sake of it yeah, have you been back at all, just sort of on holiday or anything like that? Or uh, no, sort of just... I, was, I was meant to come back this summer. I was meant to come back at the end of this season, which obviously you know I can't do now because of obviously COVID nineteen. Yeah, I had the opportunity to come back. Well, obviously when this first broke out, and um, you know to come back and and sit in a hotel or whatever for two weeks in isolation with the kids. Wouldn't have been. Uh, <laughs> and then not seeing family on the side of that, I thought was pointless. So. Yeah, you know, I ride it out here. Uh, the weather's lovely here, and you know we're we're on less restrictions than you back home. So you know I can do a little bit more here than I can at home. So it's, it makes it easier being here than than back in England, I guess. Oh, very obvious indeed. <laughs> uh, got another one that says, "Did you ever think you destro- uh, when you destroyed us playing for Reading that you'd end up playing for us a few years later?" No, if I, if I'm honest. Um, I thought I'd stay at Reading for a very long time. Uh, I was very they loved you there, didn't they? Yeah, it was very, you know, I, f- I felt at home at probably a few clubs, you know. Reading was one of them, Rotherham, um, definitely obviously Bolton, and, and even and Rochdale, when I went there with Keith Hill. Um, I felt really at home there, you know, really wanted and stuff like that. Um, they, they were sort of the, the clubs for me that would really push the boat out in in terms of welcoming and, and you know sort of adoring me you know and helping me play my best stuff by doing that as well Sure I mean you brought up Keith Hill there quickly have you got any particular you know thoughts on him at all or you know obviously playing under him previously but how do you see things sort of shaping up for us next season yeah. whether we stay in League yeah. 1 or, or go down He's a really good gaffer. Um, I can't really say too many bad things about him. He wants to play football the right way. Wants you know high press, gives a lot of young players a chance. Um, you know where Bolton are at at the minute is you know that's where they're at. Do you know what I mean? They're, yeah. They're no longer obviously it's, it's harsh to say, but it's no longer the massive club of you know the Championship and Premiership. Unfortunately, we you're looking at. The, the point where they're going to be a League Two club and you know they're going to be a big scalp in League Two as well. They sort of go got to do a massive rebuild, a la Sunderland, a la Portsmouth, you know, and sort of rise from from the depths really. And mm-hmm. you know, there's such a fantastic club to do that, and I think he's a, a great man to to put in charge of that as well. And 
you know, get a tr- uh, attacking football with, you know, young players playing, which you'll come out of the usage system, which is, you know, a great system because you've seen with all the players that come out of there, Luke O'Connell, who obviously went to Celtic, Dennis, who's playing at the moment, Ronan. He's, um, he's incredible, Dennis Politic. I just think he's an, he's amazing talent that, that has obviously been hidden away for a number of years. And obviously he was at, at Salford. Uh, scored the halfway line goal in front of Bex and I think everyone knew at that point it, it was worth keeping hold of and he'd it, be one for the future Well, to be fair in, in training he was always a very good player in training um, he'd always train with the first team it was just that you know you had in front of him Phil Murray so you're going to put a young lad Dennis in front of yeah. Murray you're not I, you know what I mean in front of the postman could you no. imagine <laughs> yeah no absolutely there's always situations and you know this situation has helped him come into the limelight because you know he's coming to the team and obviously um Keith's played him and, and he's done really well and he's started to show his true potential. I think obviously next season if he's still at Bolton will be, you know, probably his biggest season today because a lot of onus will be put on him most likely. Absolutely. Uh, next one, I, I know we we obviously touched on the Forest one, but we didn't really go through the the Will Brown one again. But from the fans' perspective, somebody saying, what was going through your mind when you put in that cross for Will Brown? Please, someone be there. And then when he was was there, please score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had you not seen him there, did you just sort of hit it hope? Or? I just thought, I put a ball in a good area here. <laughs> and if he's there, he's there. What a ball. I was running out the touchline, so I saw like a put ball in a good tender. area. Yeah. Someone there. Yeah, no. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, slow motion for us, Alf. I don't know about you from your perspective. You know, I started celebrating more or less straight away and run over to my family who were in the box in on the middle of this, just on the touchline um, on that side where we were celebrating. I was like sort of celebrating with them, going mad. It was, like I say, it was crazy. It's crazy. It's probably the, one of the best games I've played in for sure, yeah. That's always the one thing I look for during those celebrations. You obviously got Will Bram who's trying to, you know, pull his top off over him, which isn't the easiest thing to do. But and then you just see you running off in the corner, going absolutely mental on your own. It's just, it, it makes you smile every time. But weeks doing yeah, you saying all strange things to you know that's players and fans alike. You know, we all love the game, and you know, I think we live for situations like that as a footballer, as long as you're on the right side of it. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, somebody saying, was the one was the goal against Fulham your best goal? Te- technically, yeah, for Bolton. Um, I scored one similar for Reading left foot volley from against Watford at home in the league, which was similar to that one. Uh, a couple of overhead kicks when I was a, a bit younger. Uh, one for Rotherham, one for Stockport. Like, but probably for Bolton, yeah, technically, like that was you know my first touch in the game. Running away from goal, left foot volley back across in the top corner. Can't really argue with that, really. No, it was incredible, that one. Um, what's your favourite FM saves that you've ever played? Forever? Oh, God. I had a Bristol Rovers one I took about, probably that was like FM 13, FM 12, maybe, or a Hartlepool one. Probably them two, really. I took Hartlepool all the way up. <laughs> I love those stories where you just take them all the way up in like six attempts or whatever it is. Um, da, 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 da. What was the, what was the best goal you've ever scored for any club, and what's your most important? Um, like I said, the best goals was probably the, either the Bolton one or the Reading one volleys. Um, probably most important, like I said, going back to the Forest game, um, Peterborough game. 
or the Reading one for against Southampton, the, the two there. And then I scored one for Rotherham as well in a 90th minute semi-final of the playoff. Um, their defenders sort of done a, a bad back pass. I've read it and gone 1v1 with the keeper and scored a, at their place, which you know we nicked a 1-0 win there, which really set us up for the on game. Yeah, no, I can understand that. Uh, last few got Matt Williams said, which spell did you enjoy more, the first half, the first one or the second one? Ah, that's an hard one, really, because I, I preferred the first one to score more goals. Yeah. Uh, but the second one, we had more achievements. You know? Yeah, it was a bigger impact, that one, I think. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, first one, you know, I, I sort of came... Um, did what it said on the tin and went back and you know finished mid-table which is no good to anyone really um, whereas the the second time obviously came got promoted and obviously stayed and we stayed up Stuff uh, Somebody's asking why is uh, James Carachan not on Twitter anymore? Is, is there a story behind that or has he just sacked it off? Yeah I think he's just sacked it off yeah no idea I speak to him on Instagram a lot or what's that? Uh, fair enough. And the last one I think we'll go for is... I think I just lost it. Bear with me a sec. Uh, da, 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 where is it? Oh, that was it. So you obviously discussed uh, Sydney and their ability. Do you think they'd be able to compete in the Championship? Where do you think they'd finish if they were to play a season in it now? Um, like I said before, it all depends on you know adapting to the game, an English game. I think if championship clubs came out here, I think they'd struggle with the heat, the pitches and stuff like that. Um, and the way the game's played over here. Um, I was going to say, is the fitness regime quite different over there, I imagine? Particularly with pre-season and stuff, it must be must be difficult to adapt long. to. It's just longer. We go back in the same time as England, but we don't play till October, so we have like a three-month pre-season. Yeah. I went to, yeah, yeah, I just can imagine. Went to China... Uh, played against PSG this preseason. Uh, trying to think who else. We've got, um, and obviously, you have a load of friendlies out outside of that. It's you know, it's, it's. I think that's one of the hardest things about being out here is the preseason so long, and you know, you just want to play. Whereas England, you you're done within four to six weeks. Do you know what I mean? You you're back in and, and playing, and and then you're right amongst it. You know what I mean? You go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Yeah, you can imagine how hard that must have been this season when we didn't even have one. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, and finally, I'll fit any parting words for the Bolton fans at all. Uh, just thanks very much for you know supporting me during my time there. I, um, you know, obviously, um, all, all the the love I receive on Twitter and stuff like that. It's you know it's very well received, and you know I try and actually I did my best for Bolton whenever I played and. You know, we we achieved some great things considering the situations we were in, and you know, obviously, uh, I look very fondly back on the time there because they're such a fantastic club and a great support as well. Fantastic! I'll wash you back to, to Tom to close, but thanks so much, Alfie. No, yeah, I'll, I'll just reiterate what he said. Thank you very much, Alfie. I think we've uh, confirmed that Adam Lafonda is still a wanderer, which he says. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's um, like I say, thank you very much for coming on. Been the first guest to have come on twice, so uh, clearly we must be doing something right. Um, thank you very much for listening, everyone. That's episode 135 uh, of the Line of the End Suite podcast with Adam Lafondra. And if that's all we've got time to say, boys, then it's time to say goodbye. Alfie, we do a, a signature close here at the Love Pod, which I'm sure after I've uh, passed the will, you'll understand and be able to contribute to. But uh, time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Will. Goodbye, Will. Say goodbye, Alfie. Goodbye, Alfie. And it's goodbye from me.
selviä. 